This is 10 Things I Like About, a 10-minute, 10-episode podcast about unknown or misunderstood wildlife. Welcome to 10 Things I Like About. I'm Kirsten, your host, and this is a podcast about misunderstood or unknown creatures in nature. Some we'll find right outside our doors, and some are continents away, but all are fascinating. This podcast will focus 10 10-minute episodes on different animals and their amazing characteristics. Please join me on this extraordinary journey. You won't regret it. This episode continues the coelacanth, and their anatomy is the second thing I like about this ancient animal. In the first episode, we established that the coelacanth is a fish. So the anatomy should be like a fish anatomy, right? Maybe. But this fish has been around for 400 million years. And from comparisons between living specimens and fossils, they don't seem to have changed much at all. So the coelacanth has some anatomical surprises that other fish do not possess. Let's start at the head of the coelacanth and work our way back. In the center of the snout, there is a large jelly-filled cavity. It's called the rostral organ. Scientists initially thought this might be an electrosensory organ for detecting weak electrical impulses given off by prey. This hypothesis was supported by examining the organ's intricacies, including nerves, and how it interacted with the brainstem. When submersible exploration became available to scientists, we were able to test this on a living coelacanth. Using electrical fields, researchers confirmed that coelacanths do indeed respond to electrical fields underwater. There is no other vertebrate that we know of alive today that has a rostral organ. So we're already off to an interesting start. Let's see what else the coelacanth has that other animals may not. Moving to the mouth, we find teeth. That's not exactly entirely unique in fish that eat other fish, and the coelacanth is a carnivore. They have three different shapes of teeth. One is a high, sharp, cone-shaped tooth that could be called a fang. The second is a mid-sized, sharp-coned tooth. And the last is a small, rounded tooth. What is unique to the coelacanth is that the small, rounded teeth are embedded in a bony dental plate that lies beneath their chin. We're not entirely sure what the advantage of having a dental plate gives the coelacanth. At least I couldn't find any literature telling me that. In general, the teeth seem more like a way to keep fish in their mouth once they're sucked in versus tearing or chomping on their prey. The eyes are next, and they are just above the mouth, and they are attached to a thick optic nerve. The eyes are large. Looking at pictures, I'd say they're in proportion to the body, but it is a five-foot-long fish, so it has large eyes. Each eye does have a few cones. Cones are what allows for color vision, but they have many rods, and rods are what help detect light. So, of course, this is perfect for the coelacanth, because they live deep underwater where there is very little light available. 
The rods help them see in almost near darkness. They also have something else that helps them see in the dark. This is not unique to the coelacanth. There are actually many different types of animals that have this. What they have is a layer behind the retina of the eye called the tapidum lucidum. If you've ever seen light flash in your cat's eyes at night, you're seeing the tapidum lucidum. This layer acts like a mirror reflecting the light that comes into the eyes back out of the eye. What this does is it increases the amount of light that passes over the retina. This enhances the coelacanth's and your cat's ability to see in low light. Just behind the eye toward the top of the head is the intracranial joint. Until we rediscovered the coelacanth, this joint had only been seen in fossils of primitive fish. Fossils, not live fish. This joint allows the coelacanth to open its mouth exceptionally wide to swallow fish and other prey. Two powerful muscles cross the intracranial joint, providing strength to the coelacanth's jaws. The coelacanth is the only fish alive that still has an intracranial joint. Just under this joint and near the eye is the brain. The brain is small. And when I say small, I mean small. It takes up only 1.5% of the brain case in mature adults. This is a five-foot-long fish, and it only takes up 1.5% of the brain case. In a 90-pound coelacanth, the brain weighs less than the tenth of an ounce. There's not a whole lot going on there. That's a pretty tiny brain. There is no extant vertebrate with this much of a difference between the size of the brain and the size of the body. Although they have been alive for 400 million years, so it must be working. Coelacanths do have gills, like other species of living fish, and they are located behind the eye, in the usual place that you would find fish gills. They're relatively small in comparison to the overall body size, though. But they are similar to other fish species found at the same depth as the coelacanth. The relatively small surface area of the lungs is indicative of a slow-moving fish as opposed to an active fish. All the evidence we have to date does show that the coelacanth is a relatively slow-moving fish. When you're five-foot-long fish, you take your time getting places. This large fish is covered in scales, like many other fish, and those scales are woven tightly together like armor. I love this description. I think that seems appropriate for such an ancient animal. The scales are hard and rough to the touch. Each scale has tiny, tooth-like spikes called denticles all over the surface, which creates the roughness, kind of like a sandpaper feel. The hard scales and denticles provide protection against predators and rocks. The scales are a beautiful steely blue color with random white spots throughout. The really cool thing about these white spots is that the pattern is unique to each individual, and scientists have used that to their advantage. Researchers use the spots like name tags to identify individual coelacanth. I just think that's brilliant. The fins of this fish are quite spectacular. They have six fins that are lobed, and this puts them into a group of fish known as the lobed fin fish. 
Lungfish and coelacanth are both included in this group, and we do have extant lungfish living with us today. So what's the difference between a lobed fin and a normal fin? Great question. Lobed fins are fins that are attached to stalks that project out from the body rather than fins that are attached directly to the body. They look kind of like paddles sticking out from the side of the animal. The coelacanth has six lobed fins, one on each side just behind the gills called pectoral fins, that's two, one on each side of the pelvis called pelvic fins, that's four, one small secondary dorsal fin on the top of the body, that's five, and one anal fin on the underside of the body before the tail, that's six. Overall, the coelacanth has seven fins, not including the tail. So if you've been counting with me, that means we have one left. The first dorsal fin is the only non-lobed fin. It's larger than the other fins and attaches directly to the body. It can be raised and lowered to change its surface area. Now we call the coelacanth a vertebrate because it has internal skeleton, which usually implies that it has vertebrae or bones of the spine. But once again, the coelacanth surprises us. They have a notochord in place of a bony spine. A notochord is a thick-walled, fibrous, and elastic tube that is filled with oil. This is what the coelacanth has in place of a bony spine. Most creatures with a backbone replace the notochord with vertebrae in the embryonic stage, so a lot of creatures have it when they're very, very young. But adult coelacanth use the notochord for their longitudinal support, so the coelacanth retains that notochord into adulthood. Like almost all other fish species, the coelacanth has a swim bladder. Fish use the swim bladder to maintain buoyancy in the water. Most fish use air to inflate the swim bladder, and they are able to modify the amount of air depending on the depth in which they wish to swim. I bet you didn't see this coming, but the coelacanth's swim bladder is not filled with air. Okay, maybe you did see that coming. The coelacanth's swim bladder is filled with oil and fat, but it works the same as the air-filled bladder helping maintain buoyancy. That brings us to the end of the fish, also known as the tail. Hopefully you've listened to the first episode of this series where I talk about the rediscovery of the coelacanth. If not, definitely check it out. It is quite a story. When Marjorie Courtney Latimer rediscovered the coelacanth in 1938, she described the tail as looking like a puppy dog tail. The tail is actually divided into three sections with a small tail fin in the middle. That's the puppy dog tail. The tail is flat and powerful, giving the coelacanth the ability to dart forward forcefully when catching prey or escaping predators. The tail can rotate and flex from side to side and is thought to help the fish with trim and balance. Well, that's all I have for the coelacanth anatomy. I think that's quite enough, though. It's a lot of interesting stuff. Thanks for joining me on this head-to-tail adventure because it's my second favorite thing about the coelacanth. If you're enjoying this podcast, please recommend me to friends and family and take a moment to give me a rating on whatever platform you're listening. 
It will help me reach more listeners and give the animals I talk about an even better chance of change. Join me next week for another episode about the sea lycanth. This has been an episode of 10 Things I Like About with Kirsten and Company. Original music written and performed by Catherine Camp. Piano extraordinaire.